Hello and welcome to Windy City Wargaming, brought to you by the Chicago Wargaming community. I'm your host, Mike, and I'm here with my two friends, James. Hi. And Josh. Hey. Now, there are a few different war games that the three of us like to play, but in today's episode, we're going to be focusing in on Conquest, The Last Argument of Kings. First off, before we get into that, how are you guys doing? I, uh, am, I'm coming from the plague ship. My entire house is a festering cesspool of disease. But other than that, I'm building some models, so I'm good. <laughs> uh, just other than that, you know. Yeah. James, how are you? No one really asked me that anymore. <laughs> And moving on. So, uh, Conquest has had a huge, huge overhaul of all of its rules. And we're here to talk about and break down what has changed in Conquest V2. Now, I've gone through most of them, and I feel pretty confident in a lot of this. But there are a lot of major core changes, and then there were some more, like, faction-specific changes. Talking about the core changes, personally, I think the most important thing is the goddamn volley rules have been way cleaned up. Uh, James, could you, you're the vanguard here. Why don't you talk a little bit about, so the volley rules were, were bad, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the volley rules had to get like fact and errata. Like, I'm pretty sure the official number is like 30 billion times. And that sounds real. Yeah. Not a made up number. No, no, no. This is based off exhaustive research and, (laughs) and concrete historical documents. No, it's a, um, it didn't work very well. Um, and there were a lot of corner cases that just sort of made, made things really bad. A lot of it came down to certain timings on things like where you're drawing line of sight from and, and, and obscuration. So, obscured is now limited to the terrain rules for obscuring terrain you're no longer having to figure out like okay am i at half distance then i have the amount of shots per stand and then like is this stand obscured and this stand obscured and blah 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 and uh if i'm firing over a regiment that is smaller than my firing regiment and it's a wednesday but also an odd number (laughs) on the calendar and and i should say like at its core, they made sense, right? But the problem was, I, I swear, I went back to that volley page back in V1, probably the most. Like, I, that was the page I've read a hundred times, because every time it would be like an edge case in this game, be like, oh, wait, how would this work? And we'd have to go back to it. But now they've cleaned that pretty well up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's super clean. Yeah. I, uh, I, I didn't like the fact that you had to use division and uh, addition to shoot your bows. Right. <laughs> right. Um, they, they did shorten up the ranges on everything. So you got to get a little closer, but you're going to get more shots overall because you get your full volley and then you get a little additional if you're within your, uh, what is it called? Your effective range, which is half your range. You get an extra shot per stand. Uh, Less yet, than half your range. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, the carries still are obscured all the time. So right. there's yeah, a couple yeah. special, special cases. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that was one of the big ones. I think the single biggest change in the game was the change to reinforcement. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was my least favorite thing about the entire game is sometimes you just don't roll well on your reinforcement so you don't get to play with your toys right it's like well yeah. sorry i didn't i didn't roll a, a, a two for three turns so i don't get to play with any of my toys while you just rampage over the entire board exactly yeah it 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 created a lot of situations where there was a huge imbalance on the board 
and it made it very hard for one player to recover you know from a scenario perspective and just from kind of a unit count perspective right once once you have an army and you're starting to stack those charges you know the block the charge the block the charge you just don't have the tempo to come back yeah it created weird situations too like uh in the tournament we played in i failed my uh my reinforcement rolls like everything for like the first two turns and i got to just set up my whole army in response to their army so i was actually able to like have some strategic uh like advantage so it it takes both the negative play experience of not being able to get the stuff out that you want and also having too big of an advantage over your opponent so it really fixes both of those issues yeah, we should probably talk about what the change is. So the change is every turn you get to bring out one regiment automatically. Yeah, right, without having to roll for it. Well, one regiment that can come out at that stage. It's not like you can right. bring out a heavy turn one. Also, some pretty major changes here are about the uh, the broken status. I I don't know about you guys, but I used to not really care about broken. But now I do. <laughs> yeah, I think that that is actually bigger than the reinforcement change, honestly. It's going to change, I think, a lot of the game. Like, dueling, nobody cared about dueling. Dueling's going to be a big thing now. Breaking units, broken units don't count for uh, scoring. They can't heal. I mean, you now you don't have to, like, destroy your enemy or get them down to a, a smaller stand size than you are. You just need to break them. And so then they don't count anymore. So you could get some crazy scoring that way. I mean, I think that the dwarf uh, spell that you can just break a unit, like have that guy go last in a round and just be like, well, I'm just going to break your unit that's contesting and (laughs) and I get the points. Wow, yeah. It, It totally neuters that unit and it forces them to use one of their actions to unbreak, to become not useless anymore uh and then that stops people from just like you gotta decide am i gonna ignore this duel in my caster when you're gonna crump them with your melee guy i mean you have to really think those things through so oh there's no thinking about it you 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 take the character (laughs) death Um, yeah so broken regiments uh use their unmodified resolve characteristic when doing resolve tests which is another big thing. So you don't get the bonuses oh, from okay. unit size once you're broken. You can't charge, can't be healed, can't have stands restored. Their stands don't count towards seizing objective zones, and they cannot benefit from the inspired special rule. So they can, yeah. So that that was it. No inspired. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's huge. Um, yeah, and so and also you know same as before. Like if you're broken, you can't refuse a duel. And so, yeah, the the nice thing though, too, is I think it kind of got lost in the erratas towards the end of 1.51, but they, they now put it explicitly in the rule book that you can use a character action to unbreak a, a unit. Another huge change to the game, I think is a huge boon, not just for how they went about rebalancing the factions this time around, um, but was I, I think is a, a great mechanism for keeping the game um, in tune and in check, and that's that they took the attack and wound profiles away from a per model basis yes. and moved it to a per stand basis. And that's huge. I mean, and that just like let's like it just opens up so much development space to that. Where now, 
Like, you can have a stand with five wounds, even though it only has four guys on it, you know? Everybody, every War Machine player from Mark III just had their butt cheeks pucker at the the sound of of development space. Uh, Exactly. I think from just a development and gameplay standpoint, it kind of needed to happen, you know? I think there's also a hobby benefit to that, too, because... You while you have to have four models uh, of the of the correct kind on the stand for infantry, and then you know obviously one for the other ones. Um, you could make little dioramas now and move the the people around on the stands, and because if you're not going to remove them, you can glue them down and do really cool stuff with them now. So yeah, I'm 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 still not a hundred percent certain that I would recommend people to glue them down. I know a lot of people are, and they're super stoked about it, and the buy-in's like fuck yeah, we're like all in on it. But um, there's a few disadvantages to it. I mean, it's an evolving rule set. They could yeah. do a 180 on it. Yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to just start gluing and, all of my yeah, shit. Yeah, and I completely understand, uh, understand the hesitation. I'm not going to do that because I use magnets. But if you wanted to be a, a real hobby hero, you could do that. Also, your first blood stuff, you, you don't need nearly as many models. So as long as you don't glue down yeah, all good. the models, you, you still, you don't need as many. So keep a unit or two of each where they're not glued down. And you should be good to go. But yeah, they could they could go back on it and change it back. That's 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 a possibility for sure. <laughs> We've been burned too many times. Now they're gonna go to circle regiment bases. <laughs> Speaking of burning, right? Uh, right. They also changed spell casting, which was uh, a pretty major, major change. Um, now every spell requires what uh two successes instead yeah. of just one, right? Yeah. And for me, the Wadroom player, this is a crime. And uh, <laughs> I think that I take personal offense to this because my, my crescendo, where I had to roll uh, a four or less on three dice to succeed, was basically an automatic, right? It was pretty much automatic. Well, unless you were in a tournament. That's right. The first round of that one tournament where it didn't go off and it ruined everything. But it's kind of... Now, now I actually have to think about that. How do I build it into my stack if that spell doesn't go off? And I think overall it just made spells a little bit harder to cast, which is kind of an interesting balance change. I don't know, what do you guys feel about that? This is, is a good thing or a bad thing? This is the only one that I think is a bad change um, because they haven't... So there's some casters that are, are not as strong as others, and so they're going to really struggle to cast spells and, and be impactful. There's some units that are also casters that are basically going to be worthless. And, and it doesn't touch, like, the super casters. Uh, they're still going to be just as amazing. So you're either going to go all in or 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 not really going to be casting much magic, I think. So I, I don't really like the changes, but this is kind of a low magic game, so it makes sense. I just don't like it. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I totally agree with that. I, I mean, like... I think anytime you're kind of upping a little bit of the barrier to a successful cast and adding in an element of risk on it, it becomes less of, okay, I'm going to build my whole army around this buff that I know I'm going to get like a thousand percent or something like that. And you can definitely put the points into making sure that you have the ability to do it and it's a sure shot type of deal. Well, sure-ish shot, but... When you need two successes, 
it's no longer a situation where like, well, it's devout, so I just do it. And and I do think that is a positive change. As long as you're introducing an element of risk to it, it's a fairly big deal. And even with the major spellcasters, now interference becomes that much more impactful as well because you're you're pushing the odds in in a in a lot of different ways at that point where even a you know pre six or mage six or whatever it is is gonna have to think okay like this is an actual dice roll type of deal well now i mean do you think with kind of with josh's point you mentioned the the mage interference now like i think josh is saying and i want your thoughts on this do you think that people are going to push now heavily into the super mage territory where even interference won't like before like i think interference is more of if you're like priest four or wizard four or something like that um and so that way the interference now could kind of mean the difference between success and failure whereas i think all these like priest six or, or higher you know are gonna not even care about interference well, anyway. the, the big mages that i saw before you know at 1.5 i didn't play that long obviously i just started but um you got the arch mandrites and the tempered sorcerers from uh from the dwegom i mean they automatically get one success they're automatically rolling seven dice they might have a re-roll they're not going to fail even with interference and so that's what i was talking about the super wizards aren't touched but everything else is kind of going to be in that position where they're going to be worried uh yeah even like the hyra deacon with uh with the, the retinue i think that they can just automatically cast their spells as well uh, because they're devout and then they get the automatic success, I think. So, I mean, that gives them the two right off the bat, but you have to like put your, put your points in it. But I mean, I think magic is going to go all in or not really do it. So I, yeah, I, I I don't know. I I don't think you're giving enough credit to the middle ground. You know, when you start looking at things like, um, I think there's plenty in the middle where you're going to start, seeing magic is more of like i hope this goes but if it doesn't it doesn't type of deal um so things like the city state monsters and stuff like that they're gonna get spicy right <laughs> they get to punch their magic though yeah <laughs> punch, punch magic no they they get punch magic but if you do the math on it right on the dude with the trident i, I get the two confused because i'm not smart the attunement on all of his spells are two and so even if he charges in, he gets 10 attacks at Clash 3. That means he'll get like five impacts or something like that. Uh, he gets dice for all of the um, hits that he does, but he's base priest two. And, and doesn't it require four successes? And he requires one? four successes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- I, I think there's a fair bit of like middle ground and, and diciness to it for for him on the charge turn or whatever. I think he goes to like a 61% chance of a successful cast or something like that. On a turn he doesn't charge, it drops down to like 40 something, like low 40s, even less if like he doesn't inspire or something like that, if he has to do anything other than inspire clash. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also going to be in people's faces, which means he's going to have interference more. Yeah, right. Which means oh, yeah. now he's attunement one. Attunement one, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. All right. Well, I like the idea of more like RNG in the game, you know. But I think this is good RNG because it has a lot of chances for counterplay, a lot of ways to buff your spell casting if you're worried about that, right? If you really are worried about the RNG, there's things you can do, 
right? Like I, I find myself with 10 points left in the list. Now I'm looking at like, you know, do I pick up a ardent sensor or a, you know, arcane one retinue? So it just, it, I think this is good because it, it adds more thought to list building and more decision-making when you're playing the game. And it rewards counterplay now. Uh, like right. before, like it was like, things are going to happen. I'm just going to keep my shit back and do whatever I'm going to do. Right. And yeah. now it, it yeah. seems like a lot of it is you either have to invest the points or or there's a bigger payoff to investing in the counterplay for 100 kingdoms specifically like what the chapter mage got kind of hit a little bit right with these changes too yeah i can't like dip between all the different schools and everything like that and cherry pick the the spells i think it was like more of a sideways move like i'm not super concerned about it i kind of like the idea that you pay x amount of points and you just choose a school and that is that is your mage that is their spell list you know um so you can't mix the different schools no i i don't even think they have like the the items or anything uh for for the school mixing anymore um unless i'm totally blanking out which um would be hugely embarrassing and Let us know. Please send an email directly to James if he's wrong. Yeah. James at the wrong guy dot com, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, and and a lot of it, uh, you know, you see it across the different factions and things like that. You're no longer looking at the a la carte, like, here's the spell that you can buy for 15 points. And here's a spell that you can buy for 30. It's like, fuck it. You're going to pay a 40 point for premium. And now you get the whole playlist. But things are a little bit harder to cast. And things can go wrong a little easier. It's like a cable package, right? You got a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think as 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 many things that could be modeled after Comcast as possible, I think the world would be a better place. <laughs> yep. Um, so kind of going off of that, what, what other changes to 100 Kingdoms do you think? Like, what, what were some like positive things? What were some negative things? What are your thoughts? For 100 Kingdoms, I thought there was, um, I think the core change to impacts helped the cav a lot um and made it so some of that stuff gets really weird really fast because now the rule is even unengaged stands get all of their impact attacks um so you'll notice in a lot of your unit profiles your um you'll have the impact special rule and it may actually be less than what you would have gotten otherwise uh for example crimson tower crimson tower now has four impact attacks Whereas before they were capable of getting six. The big deal here is I can run it too wide and still get 12 impact attacks plus a priory commander if I'm using priory commander in a min, min unit or something like that. But I, I can count on all of those impact attacks. No matter what configuration it is, no matter what's touching, I can do like a little tiny corner charge or something like that and know that the full force is being brought to it. And so when you're just like totally into those ponies... Um, that's a sick fucking change and hundred kingdoms just runs them like nobody's business. And, uh, and steel legion just became lawn mowers. The bravery special rule, uh, especially with the changes to, uh, broken, uh, they, they rally at the beginning of their activation just straight up. And they, and then again, with the, the stand profile changes, their base five attacks per stand, right? So they go up one attack for every four dudes. Um, the drill master now just straight up adds another attack to each stand, which is also very cool because if you put a character in there, 
they get another attack, <laughs> which is great for duels. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think those are good. I think some places, I don't know. Honestly, I think 100k got a lot of great quality life changes. I think uh-huh. some things that 100k players are going to be upset about is all of our horses got one one movement slower, lost a little of their pizzazz. So you mean you don't threaten half of the fucking board anymore? <laughs> oh no, right. one inch less. Yeah, the, the the game is trying to to narrow those those threat ranges so the extremes yeah. aren't as crazy. And I I apologize, listeners. I have just been on the receiving end of that march charge from downtown so many times oh are you really upset with your two apex predators that you move charge and then challenge a mage to a duel that they can't yeah. refuse after getting to defense five re-rolling six is he upset there little guy so good point fair enough all right point made i hear yeah. you so you know well josh why don't you talk a little bit that we talked about 100 kingdoms uh, in in length here, so Josh, you want to talk a little bit about the old Dominion changes? And yeah, how, how they've maybe been reined in a little bit. Yeah, they <laughs> they definitely received a tuning. Um, the Archimandrite uh, is, I think, is just better overall because they got all the spells included for not much of an uh, increase in points. They did have Dark Immolation nerfed, uh, not Dark Immolation, Unholy Baptism. They used to add the <clears throat> power pool to the total number of hits, and they removed that. Uh, Fallen Divinity lost tenacity until the third tier, which kind of stinks. She uh, pretty much kept everything else. Uh, but but she got new mainstay options, so now she can take Canifors and Caridids uh, as, as a mainstay. So you can just bring an army of the fallen divinity and statues if you wanted to big, build them big enough. Canifors lost their um, command models, just like a lot of other brute squads did. Cardedids lost their command model as well. And they also um, got their range chopped down 10 inches from 30 to 20 inches, but they're still good. They're still really good. They're still really good. <laughs> like, I was on the receiving end. That thirty inch was quite a bit. Like, yeah, with their March five, right? Or I think they're they're six. six. Yeah, okay. uh, but now they get the memories of old as a fluid uh, fluid rope uh, formation uh, with memories of old instead of their upgrade. So it's kind of baked in, but you got to get that memories of old. Uh, okay, let's go to Legionnaires. They are the ones that got hit the hardest. So Phalanx is totally different now. And now it reads, it counts as defense as one point higher against all hits from the front arc. So magic, shooting, fighting, whatever. Furthermore, they cannot benefit for the inspired rule, even though they might have the rule like Old, uh, Old Dominion has where they're always inspired. And their charge oh, distance right. is... It's March value plus three, and it cannot occupy garrison terrain. Now, the the way it's written is it's, its maximum charge distance is always its March value plus three. And so the way it's written is really weird. But what it means is that whenever you're going to be charging, it's always considered your March value plus three. You don't roll. So you just go eight inches uh, in the case of Legionnaires. And then in the city states, it'll be the same thing, whatever their March is plus three. 
That feels really good to me. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, mean, it amazing. is until someone stays 8.1 inches away and can guarantee that you can't charge them. Uh, that's true, yeah. I guess yeah. you can't even try to go for the long charge. But, man, having those guarantee charges just seems... Like, really good. Like, not, not having to worry about rolling a one or a two. Yeah, I mean, Legionnaires aren't really something you're doing a lot of charging other than if you're trying to disrupt something for the most part. Um, and mm. they're, they're going to be a lot squishier now. So, and because they changed the rules for Phalanx and Bastion, it doesn't carry over to the next round, uh, which is going to be a right. big difference in this, in, in 2.0. Bastion ever carry over to the next round? Uh, Phalanx no. did. Phalanx did. Yeah, Phalanx. So Phalanx did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They but now the nothing is. Yeah. 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 So that that's the major changes. I don't even. Pre- I pretend that the the unreleased models are are don't exist honestly because they're probably going to be changed before <laughs> they come out. Well, actually, not so much anymore. Part of the rebalancing that they did, there was a concerted effort to integrate the unreleased models into the balancing efforts. So you'll find that, you know, that was part of the, like, hot debate over, like, Crimson Tower and stuff like that. Is like, oh, well, when Ash and Dawn is out, they're going to be pretty pretty sick, and we kind of got to balance around that. It's like, well, they're not out. (laughs) Well, the focus of the of the playtesting went well beyond what there were models for. It, it was really trying to settle the entire line. So I do want to quickly talk about Wadroon here. Um, I'm not going to go through everything, just a, a few things that kind of resonate with me specifically. Uh, I thought it was really interesting how in general it seems like Wadroon, they really try to make all the chants equally buffed, right? Equally uh, strong. Which before, like, you had war with if you wanted to be defensive, you had death if you wanted to be offensive, and then the other two were very niche. But now, they've really, like, I think, upgraded Famine, upgraded Conquest. Um, I mean, death and war is still pretty good, but, like, the biggest change, I think, is the fact that they moved the plus two charge distance to tier one of Famine. Now... Mm. You can basically, you know, with with a scion or you know crescendoing or anything like that, you can have that plus two charge distance and threaten the plus two charge distance to pretty much any regiment now, uh, which I think is a pretty major change. Uh, additionally, uh, war. Oh yeah, war got changed from uh, uh, instead of having bastion, it just says straight up adds plus one to its defense huh. until the end of the round. That's so, cool. Yeah, so it does stack with Bastion, but it's 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 a little bit different now, you know. Uh, and of course, they kept the removing the broken status for a tier one war, which I think is going to be really impactful. <laughs> no. um, <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think uh, there's some other small buffs here, like uh, uh, adding plus two to evasion for conquest tier two is going to be interesting. And then, yeah, you know. They they did make some changes, but I really honestly looking at this, I think uh, uh, Wadroon really came out pretty well in, in the update. I think um, there's some good good changes. Like the the Matriarch Queen, she used to have her supremacy ability being you know you you require one less on your reinforcement rolls, but it was always awkward because she had to be on the field to affect that. Yeah. So like if you're bringing her on an apex predator, it was kind of like oh well, you know uh, you were kind of missing out on a lot of that. Now, uh, her supremacy is she can just give out 
Fnatic, the Fnatic buff, to hit the, the tier three of all those chants. You can give them out as a draw action, which is kind of insane. Being able to give the potential of having, you know, all sorts of buffs to uh, to any regiment is a really strong change. Yeah, that's cool. Um, they also buffed our healing from just three to four, which is a big deal. Oh, wow. They've moved it to four. That's awesome. That th- I mean, yeah, yeah that makes sense because that's going to bring a, bring stands back easier for you guys since they all gained all those hit points. Right. Exactly. And the biggest thing that I have an issue with, I think, is the hunting pack versus raptor riders. I mean, the, the raptor riders, um, let me pull it up here. I think they still kept to be about the same cost. Yeah, 190 points or something like that. Yeah, yeah and the hunting pack actually went a little bit cheaper. It's another 140 uh, uh, for a, a minion it. But I just felt like, I don't know, ha- being unsung is actually way more of a detriment now because the chance is so great. You know, having that Raptor Rider be able to get in and, and do work, not to mention the changes to the range. I mean, Raptor Riders didn't lose any range. It kept the same barrage, same armor piercing. Same speed. The same speed, right? They, they I think, were one of the few regiments that still came out at move eight I, you know everything else kind of dropped down a little bit yeah so i don't know I, I think for 50 more points i just feel like you take the raptor riders every time yeah you know i maybe i'm wrong on that but I, i'm gonna play around with it a little bit but i think i really want raptor riders over on pack nine times out of ten <laughs> i've never heard someone go like oh no that hunting pack is too strong but i've heard tons <laughs> of people say those raptor riders are strong right heck. well the biggest thing is I always play the hunting pack as kind of like a, a jamming unit to kind of get up in there and kind of maybe take an action or maybe even a whole, you know, uh, uh, activation away from the opponent, right? But now they cut the hunting packs down from defense two, resolve three, to now defense one, resolve two. So and they were already at three wounds. So it's like they were pretty tissue paper to begin with, and now they're like real tissue paper. So, you know, I think they can still serve that point of getting in there, taking up you know, an action or something like that, but now it's basically guaranteed to just wipe them out with one one clash action. Yeah, I, I do like the reinforcement rule with the Apex Predator, though, and, and oh with gosh, Raptor yes. Riders even, because then you can guarantee that they're going to come out with, you know, guns blaring, so... Yeah, I mean, being able to guarantee an Apex uh, on turn three... Oh, just feels so good. I'm really, really <laughs> excited for that because uh, I love, I mean, those. that's the model that got me into the game is seeing that T-Rex there and I want it on the field. You know, no longer am I going to have to wait till turn 20 to actually put them on the field. Yeah. But they did get uh, get knocked down a little bit. Um, they lost that upgrade that let them chant and let them benefit from the buff. So they don't get any of the chant buffs, which is is a bit of a blow right i think that i mean i think it was needed right because you know with all the changes they made if you let the apex predator still benefit from that it would have been way too strong right so i think it's a good call but it just still stings a little bit yeah i think yeah. another thing that's going to be terrifying is going to be the strix for uh spires because now their mainstay for the pharomancer and they have they can be healed with the army rule that just straight up heals four every turn. Uh, so you're gonna be they're gonna be fighting you, and then they're gonna when you're they're dying they're gonna be hurting you, and then they're also gonna regenerate. <laughs> so yeah, they got regeneration four 
no matter where they're at on the field. Uh, I think they're going to be uh, super good. 10, 10-inch move flying, lethal demise, evade two. I think there's a lot inspires to be excited about. I almost said inspired. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I don't think anybody should be inspired about anything. <laughs> but, like, you know, those fires, they got something going there. We should try that out. I, hey, man, first of all, they're just exhibiting good, sustainable, uh, <laughs> you know, environmental practices. Eco yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of recycling. Um, <laughs> and who doesn't like drugs? Come on, <laughs> square. Um, it, I mean, it, Spires were in just such a weird spot at the end of 1.51 or, or, you know, whatever it was. But um, you either had something that was very broken or the rest was just not very good. Now it seems like internally Spires just have a ton more options and they can play their massive Fosquan uh, Duone bricks and... Uh, <laughs> Um, get a lot out of that or, or play with their Strix or their Avatara or, you, you know, whatever. But having all those options come back to the people who were playing that faction, man, that, that's, that's got to feel like freedom. It's having a lot more flexibility in building, I think, is kind of a theme across the board here, right? Like, I think in general, a lot of these changes opened up more options to bring onto the table. From like a list building standpoint, I'm I'm excited to build lists and try out new things and see how it plays on the table. Uh, yeah, the, the the table effect of the changes too has just been tremendous. I mean, the game is faster, just straight up, and it is amazing. And I know we talked about this a little bit before, but like, you know, the changes of reinforcement, the changes to um, you know charge distances and kind of reining everything in. Uh, I think it takes away kind of that feeling of like. Well, if I win this role for supremacy, I win the game, like that kind of thing. I mean, there's still a little bit of in there. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I think that's going to be much more mitigated with this new edition. Yeah, there, there's a lot less things that can happen on either end of the game, right? The beginning or the end where it becomes like a cataclysmic event, right? right. Two rounds of not getting your reinforcements. Well, now I'm fucked, you know, or like I've got my monster staring down your cavalry, whoever rolls first is is gonna beat the other one and now you've got nothing that can stop me type of deal once you smooth out those variances it is just so much nicer <laughs> and yeah. there's also I, I, I we could talk i think about these rule changes like for hours but i do want to maybe cut us off here a little bit <laughs> monster we got we gotta talk about i know we gotta talk about the uh the new the new hotness the new stuff coming out right we got um uh, City States is releasing ish. Uh, should be mid to late February. I believe it starts shipping February tenth or fifteenth. That soon. That's like that's really soon. Wow. That is very soon. Yes. Okay. Okay. What is what's their deal? What's up with them? Well, you know they're just straight chilling, right? No, it's um. <laughs> there you go. It's a really and let's move on <laughs> and scene. Um, so no, they're, they're a super cool army. Um, the first wave of releases are actually fairly basic. I I mean, you're going to kind of run into the same situations that you had with old dominion where you don't have very many options for, for a while, but they still operate in a very cool way because 
they very much want to be in big bricks. You have like these Greek hoplites with the big circular bronze shields and and the spears and everything like that operating in like the, those giant bricks. And depending on who your warlord is, you're going to have different orders available to them where they can suddenly drop their shields, strip off their armor and go really fucking fast, you know, break their phalanx <laughs> and come out of nowhere. They have a special rule that lets them defer an activation where they can, you know, pick up a card and set it to the side and say, you can go again. And then you can double activate at some point too, kind of like the the patient general type of thing. You get to kind of play it out that way. That's insane. That seems like a really strong ability. Is that like in, in every city-state's army is going to have that ability? Or is that like you have to pay for an upgrade or what? No, that that that's a built-in ability to the city-states, right? They, they've got you know they're a very professional and uh, professional army that's supposed to be very disciplined right most of okay. their initial units are going to have phalanx right so they're never going to be inspired they're always going to have a set charge range um but um but yeah that's that's kind of the theme of it um the other th- cool thing is they can put brutes in with their infantry stands too so you can wind up with oh. some battle cattle next to the, you know, rank and file dudes. <laughs> battle cattle. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a very cool, cool vibe, you know, a lot of like clockwork type things. And then the historical influences on, on some of their units and stuff like that, too, are very cool. You'll see things like references to the sacred band, which is pretty neat. You, so one What's of the, the things... So the sacred band of, uh, so it's based on like the sacred band of Thebes, which was actually a unit comprised entirely of couples, male couples. And so the idea was, you know, there's a lot of like love and tenacity that gets, you know, kind of, uh, enmeshed in that, that system, right? You're fighting next to the person you love. You're fighting for the person you love type of deal. Um, and so, um, that's kind of coming over. And so anytime you can get those instances of, of some representation too, um, you know, I'm totally giddy oh, yeah. for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, that's not all that's coming out too, because I think just a few days ago, right, Josh, I think they announced the the project, uh, was it Project 8? Was that what? The, yep. the, new, yes. the new faction after City States. Yes, that will be the Sorcerer Kings. Yes, Sorcerer Kings... I am super excited about, uh, I actually was really excited either way if Hell or Sorcerer Kings, uh, came out ahead, uh, and the Sorcerer Kings are the ones that are out, and so they are, uh, this faction that escaped, uh, Halsey's Fall as well by making a, a series of islands and kind of living off there, and they're using elemental magic, and they really tied themselves to the elements and there's a lot of um asian and uh and um middle eastern uh kind of flavor to their units where there's like rakshasa elevore elephants like uh mounted uh ar- mounted archers and stuff like that so tons are of they really the ones cool with the, the big the big fucking turtles no is that that that, no. that that unfortunately that was the dogs of war uh oh. unit uh no unfortunately i'm i'm sorry to inform you and they do not have your uh 
your dragon people either because I know you're you're partial to the dragon people. But that's fair. They've got uh, what about the... Sharknado? I'm, I'm pushing for a Sharknado. I think that the Sorcerer Kings could probably make it happen. I think so. so. They, they're, they're out over the water. They have control right. over the elements of air and water, so that would make sense. I think, I think that's a shoe-in. Parabellum, you listening? <laughs> I, I, want, I want a Sharknado model. All right? Make it happen. <laughs> I'm just stoked to see like uh, a lot of those kind of like Turkic um, motifs kind of come through like you were talking about the archer cavalry and stuff like that it's going to be a totally different view on a human faction that you know now we're kind of leaving the european influences and Mm -hmm. and go into something that's visually like very distinct and the and the play style should be super interesting as well like very fast and mobile uh which in these games is is quite the trick yeah Yeah. for sure (laughs) well i think that's probably all the new updates and everything i did want to quickly plug um if anybody local is listening we are having a tournament uh i believe up in lake geneva i know it's not super windy city but uh it's it's not too (laughs) far away uh on february 19th so if you're listening to this pretty quickly after i posted it uh february 19th up in lake geneva um, reach out to us on our Discord, or um, we're now also we're on iTunes. Um, so if you wanted to, we can leave a comment, leave a review. Uh, you can get in contact with us there, and we can probably hook you up with the uh, tournament organizer for that. Um, speaking of plugs, Josh, would you like to plug your YouTube channel? Yeah, so we got a YouTube channel, <clears throat> YouTube channel called Cool Guys Nation. Uh, we just put up a, our first conquest battle report. Mike and I played, uh, yeah. so you can check that out there. Lots of people saw it and it looks like people are enjoying it. It's more like a long form, like un uh, like a mostly unedited, like play of the game. But I think it's important because, you know, that was a learning game for me and we got to see a lot of how, how things work and people seem to enjoy that. So, uh, we got tons of other stuff. We do, uh, lots of other games, War Machine and Judgment, but also Warhammer 40k. We've got MTG stuff on there, uh, Cool Guys Nation, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and then the Cool Guys Nation, I think, dot com is, uh, is the, is the actual website. So. And to plug our next episode, we are going to be moving on. We're going to be talking back again about War Machine, specifically with Adepticon coming up. We're going to be talking about what does the tournament scene look like in Mark IV. So should be a pretty exciting discussion. Other than that, again, give us a like. Uh, we're on iTunes now, so again, uh, a comment or a review. Give us some feedback how we're doing. We're also on Spotify, so you know, depending on whatever you're, you're listening there, give a review on there. And um, tune in next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll uh, hope you join us on our next episode. See you later. Bye, all. Bye. Intro and outro music is Kevin McLeod's Cold Funk.